0: Welcome to the Greg Steer Youth Ministry Podcast. I believe in the power of the gospel and the potential of teens. And I also believe that the best way to get teens to grow is to get them to go. And uh, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, to rate it, review it, to spread the word uh, to youth leaders that it's time for a revolution in youth ministry that will result in every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. And today I'm super excited because uh, we have a good friend on with me, uh, Doug Holiday. He's a 30-year uh, plus veteran of youth ministry. He served on local church staff in three different states. Uh, he's currently the president of Sun Life. Has also served on staff with Campus uh, Crusade for Christ, now known as CRU. And uh, he's a speaker and a trainer with Dare to Share. We've been working together for many, many years. In addition, he's the president of Open Door Haiti, has launched youth leader training opportunities in Haiti and throughout Africa. Doug and his wife, Jennifer, live in Lake Mary, Florida. They have six daughters, Marisa, Jacqueline, Emma, uh, Edlene, Mary Faith, and Edith. And uh, super, super excited to have Doug with us here today. Doug, welcome to the podcast.
1: Greg, it's great to be on the podcast with you. This is fun. Yeah,
0: and and we've known each other for a long long time. Uh just think back what, what as you kind of contemplate back uh, us first meeting. Where was it? What was your like impression? Yeah, I was
1: I was the Southeast Regional uh coordinator for Sunlife back in the early 2000s and there was uh youth specialty conference in tampa and so i was there uh repping sun life standing at a table passing out whatever to to try and lure in unsuspecting youth pastors um but looking for what are what are some of those uh uh those breakouts the tracks that 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 might you know spark some interest you know fit with the passion of mine and Um, for uh, a long time, you know, deep passion for evangelism, sharing the gospel, uh, sharing with students. And so I saw that there was this breakout called Outbreak and I was like, all right, well, going to check this out. And um, I think there was uh, two different sessions and I I connected with you um, in between the sessions and introduced myself and, and you had heard of Sun Life and knew some of the things that Sun Life was doing. And, and I said, well, you know, Sun Life and Dare to Share, we should, we should find some way to, to work together. I mean, this stuff, th- this could work. And, um, at that point, you know, as a regional coordinator, I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of power to, to make those things happen. I could just, you know, make recommendations, suggestions. Um, but who would have imagined that, you know, a dozen years later, I would be in the position sitting in the seat where we would be able to make a partnership like that happen. So, yeah, but I, I just remember, um, oh, what was the, the, the movie, Outbreak, and you had written a book on Outbreak and kind oh, yeah. of the gospel growing virally as students are reaching students and, and being disciples who are making disciples and reaching more students and just the spread of the gospel among this generation and um uh you know to uh to 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 use the jerry Maguire line you had me at hello right it's like
0: <laughs> that's right
1: i'm 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 when all in i felt in. this
0: and I felt the same way about you. I remember us talking about the gospel, you know, and and I was like, man, you know, I'd love a partnership with these guys. I got to make sure they're clear on the gospel. And you were. And it was just like instantaneous, um, just, you know, unity and synergy. It took a while because, yeah. uh, you know, I think you had really worked hard on getting a meeting with me and Dan Spader, who, you know, started Sun Life. And that first meeting, I remember it didn't go super well. Uh, It was like West Side Story (laughs) a little bit, because uh, you know Dan was talking about the model of Jesus, and I was kind of talking about Paul, and it was like you know, cha cha cha, you know, like we're in a we're in a West Side Story (laughs) movie, like it was like battling against each other a little bit. But you know, over the years, I think Sun Life has had a deep impact on Dare to Share and on me personally and how I've thought about disciple multiplication. And it's been really great, like uh, just working together, figuring stuff out. Um, I know one of the big, one of the big impacts uh, it's had, uh, and we'll talk about the disciple multiplication strategy in a minute, but one of the big impacts it's had on, on us was the whole global vision and I remember when yeah. you uh, invited Debbie Bresina and myself to join you guys at the Global Youth Initiative, I think it's called uh, uh, Concentric, Concentric Now.. now. Yeah. But Israel, and just that journey just tell everybody a little bit about what happened is seven years ago uh, in Israel, it's just that you know, yeah. what did you do, uh, what was the purpose of it, who did you invite, and how did it impact everybody?
1: Yeah, I remember you and I um each of us flying there directly from I think it was a St. Louis tour event, Dare to Share tour yep. event. And um because we we were there, we ended up uh missing the first half day of of that uh that I think 10-day conference in Israel and kind of mm. Uh, there were leaders from 53 different countries, almost 200 people gathered there in Israel, looking at Jesus, Jesus is our model and how the bold moves that Jesus made to create a movement that would change the world. And Mm. uh, looked at five specific bold moves. And I remember we were up on, Mount Arbel and uh, listening to some teaching from uh, Bill Hodgson, who at the time was the national director for crew in Australia. And uh, as Bill was talking about the great commission and going everywhere um, and just looking out kind of in all directions from Mount Arbel in a location where Jesus likely gave the great commission uh, to go into all the world, to make disciples of all nations. And I know at that point, uh, Dare to Share was specifically focused on the U.S. and um, resources and energies um, pointed in that direction. But I uh, remember you pulled uh, Debbie and I uh, together in the midst of that up there on Mount Arbel and just felt like, you know, I think I think our bold move for Dare to Share is—, is is going everywhere, that that it's not just about the US, but that it would be not every teen in the US, but every teen everywhere equipped to share the gospel with their friend um, and to hear the gospel from a friend. And uh, we we put our hands in a pile and we prayed, consecrated that moment and okay, let's let's do this. Let's figure out how we in partnership together, Sun Life and Dare to Share, can can be a part of a movement that's going to bring the gospel Mm -hmm. to teens across the globe
0: yeah and it's been great i still have that picture under key moments uh in my phone and that's the first thing that pops up is you know our three hands just in the middle saying we're in this together and man the lord has opened up some amazing amazing doors so i'm very grateful to sun life personally for your friendship and you're you're a guy we talk, you know, we talk, uh, you know, every week to try to keep each other accountable, pray for each other, encourage each other. And uh, I talk about having somebody who's on your red phone, like the old Batman. You know, you can always get Batman through the red phone, right, that yeah. uh, you and Zane Black, Dave Gibson are three guys in my life that keep me accountable and who might, you know, be able to keep accountable as well. And I, I yeah. appreciate iron sharpening and an iron, man. So it's been great. Sure. And then not only the impact on me, but the impact on the ministry and how that trip really opened up for us to grow globally and work together with evangelism and discipleship. We'll talk about that in a minute, but tell us about Sun Life. I mean, Sun Life has been around a long time. And recently, Sun Life went through a narrowing of focus, which I'm super excited about, but I don't want to give yeah. away the story. Why don't you you tell us a little bit about Sun Life?
1: Yeah, my first introduction to Sun Life was um, late 80s um, as a new youth pastor had graduated from, from Bible College and was planning to be a church planter and kind of backed my way into youth ministry because um, I uh I was going to get my feet wet um and kind of kind of learn the ropes and about a year in I'm thinking well I'll I'll just I'll I'll just do youth ministry until I can be a real pastor and then realizing you know what this is as real as ministry gets because this is this is the age when when people are making decisions for Christ. Uh, you know, eighty, eighty-five percent are gonna make that decision to trust Christ before they walk across the platform for a for high school graduation. And so I had I had, you know, been through youth ministry classes or whatever in, in Bible college at, at Liberty University. Um, but I remember uh being invited to a Sun Life training at Moody Bible Institute and uh went and just you know, my eyes were opened because it—it wasn't necessarily anything—anything anything groundbreaking or new, as much as it just gave me the tracks to run on, um, mm. in terms of figuring out. Um, what ministry would look like. And yes, the goal is to, to make disciples, but how do we get there? What, what, are, the, what are the tracks we're going to run on to see that happen? What's, what's that pathway? And just laid out real clearly from the son's life, from the model that Jesus has given us with his own disciples, how to do that. And at that point, son life was, was about 10 years old. It was still it had started in the late 70s as the youth ministry division of Moody in Chicago. Um, and uh, then probably early 90s, it, it broke off and, and, and went independent from Moody um, as its own organization. Um, but Sun Life in those early days, its primary focus was, uh, was youth ministry, disciple-making youth ministries. Um, Probably the mid 80s started an event for high school students, bring them into the city of Chicago and very much like lead the cause with Dare to Share, uh, training them in evangelism and apologetics in the morning, sending them out on the street in the afternoon to share their faith, um, coming together in the evening to celebrate the stories of what had happened that day. And um, just incredible numbers of students whose lives had been impacted by that. But you know, as Sun Life continued to grow through the years, a lot of those initial youth pastors ended up becoming senior pastors or discipleship pastors or executive pastors, and they wanted to bring Sun Life to their whole church. And so Sun Life made a pivot there in the, the mid 90s and started to offer that, their disciple making training still to youth ministry, but then started a, a, a division focused on the church. Um, and that continued to to grow and develop. When I stepped in as as uh, the executive director, the president of Sun Life in, in 2013, um, you know we had um, that full spectrum of uh, of ministry, the whole church that we were focused on. Um, but just just over a year ago now. Um, actually at Lead the Cause there in Denver, and it was on the last night up in the mountains, and just this incredible night, and I know you remember it, um, but, but you and Zane and Gerard all speaking, and everything orchestrated and planned, but it was like the students took over the night, um, from the testimonies that they shared, Um, one of the, one of the girls who was, was on the the worship team, the prayer that she prayed, it was like Holy spirit anointed, you know, Mm. fire coming from heaven prayer as she prayed over her peers, uh, to share the gospel. Um, and then the, the student from one of the youth groups who, who came up at the very end as you were dismissing everyone. And she, basically ripped the mic out of your hand and and said hey when our youth group ends anything we do we end like this and can we do this and i was like what is going on here this is crazy and i just came away from that and like this this deep sense in my heart that we've got to double down Mm. on this generation um double down on youth ministry Um, And I I came back from that and, and a year ago on our Sun Life team retreat in the fall, I shared with the team that we were returning to Sun Life's roots, that youth ministry would once again be our primary focus. Uh, Yeah, where we've got relationships with churches, with senior pastors, um, those relationships will continue. But as we're strategizing, as we're praying, as we're dreaming about where we're going as a ministry and advancing our mission of equipping leaders in relational disciple making, we're thinking about it through the lens of youth ministry and how do Mm. we raise up this next generation. And we're so excited Mm. about the potential of what we see God doing um, with youth pastors in youth ministry, uh, it, it can be easy as as leaders like like we are to um, to be discouraged or, or to, to to lose hope. I mean, so many so many Christian colleges their their youth ministry programs are are are, are you know they're being downgraded, um, cutting uh-huh. staff, cutting programs, uh, eliminating youth ministry degrees, whatever, um, and. But more than ever, this generation is hungry for hope. They're hungry for, they don't realize it, but they're hungry for the gospel. And mm-hmm. we need to equip a generation of leaders who are, um, are passionate and equipped to, uh, to reach them. And so Amen. I'm all in, man, just, just like <clears throat> seven years ago there on Mount Arbel when we put our hands in the pile together for global. Um, I'm i I'm putting my hand in the pile with you for this generation and for youth ministry.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. Amen. I remember when you sent Debbie and I kind of a long email explaining, you know, kind of your turn back toward youth ministry and Deb sent you a nice long email and I just sent you two words, welcome back. And I was so happy because this is a big job and there's no way one ministry can do it alone. And, uh, you know, we work together. Evangelism and disciple multiplication is like nitrogen and glycerin. So let's let's talk a little bit about that relationship in just a moment. But first of all, I think it'd be good uh, for those who are listening who are not familiar with the discipleship strategy from Sun Life, which is actually from Jesus. I mean, it's just rooted in the Gospels. Could you quickly just explain uh, that discipleship strategy?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, just looking through the Gospels and, you know, starting with the end in mind, right? So Matthew 28, Jesus commissions them acts one the church is birthed it's launched how do you get there you go back to the beginning of jesus ministry and and look over a three and a half year ministry what did jesus do year one year two year three year four to see the results that he saw to create a movement of multiplication
0: which just, by the way, let me just interrupt. It's almost like from ninth grade to tenth grade to eleventh grade to twelfth grade. So you could overlay this, in a sense, over the high school years of the typical teenager. And kind of particularly fun. when you consider
1: the fact that um, most of Jesus' initial disciples were teenagers, and yep. uh, we could we could we could get into some evidences for that, but. Um, suffice to say, Jesus choosing teenagers as the ones he would invest in—you know, unschooled, ordinary men. These, these, these young guys that that he's going to change the world with. So, so, what did that look like? And so, we kind of got um, what we call the the four chair discipling process. And so. Uh, that initial chair, chair one, what did, what did Jesus do there? He, um, he was reaching them when they were not yet believers. Um, They didn't yet know that he was the Messiah. And so he was inviting them to come and see, see who I am so that you can place your faith in me, that you can believe in me. And so it begins with those who are spiritually lost. And then, bringing them to the place, chair two, where they become a believer, where they've put their faith in him. And the invitation then in in that second chair is to follow me. You know, begin to pattern your life after me. Uh, Journey with me. Walk with me. Learn from me. My character, my priorities. Let them be your character and your priorities. Um, uh, To the place then where um, they would see uh, who Jesus was, the way that he was ministering, the way that he was interacting with people, And if they were going to be like him, it meant that they were going to have to minister the way that he ministered as well. And so that that third chair is where they become workers. And now they are going to be equipped to fish for people. So that's that that's that third invitation. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And so Jesus is beginning to equip them uh, how to. Uh, fish for the spiritually lost. And then when those spiritually lost put their faith in him, how to help them continue to journey and follow. Um, So focusing that chair three, the worker chair, focusing on the lost in chair one and the believer in chair two. And then, uh, you know, just before he goes to the cross, John 15, Jesus says, "Here's, here's my desire for you that you would bear much fruit, fruit that will last And so it's this idea of of living a fruit bearing life. And uh, from a, a disciple making standpoint, we bear fruit when we reach others and see them become disciples as well. And they reach others helping them to become disciples as well, who reach others, helping them to become disciples as well. And so you've got this multiplication effect. Mm-hmm. And so that fourth chair is the chair of the disciple maker. And that's the goal all along that they would become disciple makers, but he's going to take them on a process to get there. And uh, honestly, we d- we don't even really like the word discipleship because it has a connotation with it that, you have two separate things, you have evangelism and you have discipleship. And mm-hmm. when we look at Jesus' model, those two things are uh, intricately linked together. Um, yes. Biblical fact, discipleship a, a, begins a with a evangelism. There you go. Biblical discipleship S- begins with evangelism and ends with evangelism, right? That's right. It uh, begins by being reached and, uh, growing to the place where you are multiplying, where you are reaching others who will reach others who will reach others. Yeah. Um, And so that was, that was Jesus intent from the beginning, but how did he get there? What was that process? So, and then as we train, as we train youth leaders and this was the, this was the training that I received as a young youth pastor back in the late eighties that kind of gave me those tracks to, to run on. It's as a, as a youth leader, what I'm, What am I focused on? Well, first you're going to win the loss. Then you're going to build the believer. Then you're going to equip the worker and then you're going to multiply disciple makers. And so, uh, following that pathway, what are the, um, what are the events, the programs, the emphasis that you have in each of those buckets that's going to help to advance your ministry toward multiplying disciple makers and, uh, and just. Transformative to look at I the life it. of Jesus
0: and and how he did this. It's all about Jesus. I love it, and uh, yeah. I love I love the, the the simple visual of four chairs uh, because what we have discovered is it's a simple way for youth leaders to evaluate um, where there's which chair their students are in. Well, some of them just use an Excel spreadsheet. They list all their students. They put, you know, who's in chair one, chair two, chair three, chair four. What's that next step to get them to the next chair? What's that next event, program, discipleship step? And it just yeah. gives us a process for that disciple multiplication. So, yeah, with all this in mind, way to evaluate
1: mind, your students, but also to evaluate your programs and to say, all right, yeah. we're doing this. Who's the primary target of this? Is it? Yeah, we're, we're, we've got this upcoming fall retreat, who's the primary target? Is it chair one? Is it chair two? Is it, you know, who is it? And let's design everything to be really effective at accomplishing that.
0: I love that. So just based on your um, experience, how would you think that the typical youth group in the United States anyway, is doing when it comes to disciple multiplication?
1: We're not doing well, you know, and I think, I think we want to do well. It's not, it's not for a lack of desire. I think if, if you talk to most, most mm. youth pastors, youth leaders out there uh, and said, do you want to make disciples? They'd say, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but it's the, how, how do you get there? And so it's the, the, the lack of knowledge or lack of training or equipping, you know, years ago, uh, Sun Life, we had, we've done a study of youth ministries and we found what we, what we call the 87% problem that for the ministries that we evaluated, 87% of them, a hundred percent of their programming was geared toward chair two students. Mm. Um, so How are you going to, how are you going to make disciples who will make disciples if you don't have a balance across all four chairs? Um, and I think probably a lot of, a lot of youth ministries, maybe they're, maybe they're not all chair one, probably a lot of them are chair. uh, I mean, all chair two, probably a lot of them are chair one and chair two. They're doing things to reach lost kids, but your typical, your typical youth ministry, when it comes to evangelism, it's going to be a um, it's going to be a, a come to come to the youth group and hear the youth mm. pastor share the gospel, and the youth pastor will um, will lead you in a prayer to to receive Christ, and everything from an evangelism standpoint, it's the youth pastor who's doing it. Yeah. And there's, there's not an equipping of the students to reach their friends, to share the gospel with their friends. Um, and so, uh, you end up having youth ministries where if you've got a, if you've got a really dynamic youth pastor yeah. who who's an evangelist at heart, you're, you're reaching kids for Christ and maybe they're taking some initial steps in, mm. in, in growing, um, but it's never advancing beyond that. So the ministry it might look good on paper because there's lots of kids mm. and growing in numbers and they've got they've got budgets and they've got programs and they've got you know it's exciting stuff that's going on. And so, you know, what are what are we evaluating? Yeah. When we evaluate success, you know, how do we how do we know that that were really successful from a youth ministry standpoint and I think a lot of youth ministries they're going to base it on on their mm-hmm. their numbers and are are we growing in numbers and um are we are we keeping keeping kids and parents happy and um you know so
0: I'm, yeah I think I this is really good Doug I think uh it also helps me understand kind of the role of dare to share Uh, Has really been to get kids to chair three. And that's kind of what, you know, Dare to Share Live, our curriculum, our summer events, really, you know, how do you get to chair three? Of course, we want kids to get to chair four, but I think like ministries like Sun Life have more resources and tools to get, you know, to get students there all all the way to chair four. And that's why it's a great, great partnership. Speaking of resources, so if a youth leader is listening to this right now and they're like, this really resonates with my soul, where do I start? What would you what resources do you guys have at Sun Life that you could point them to right away that they could begin down this process of putting this disciple multiplication strategy in place in their youth group?
1: Yeah, so our our team leads disciple making cohorts. And so if there's someone listening who um, wants to uh, wants to take some initial steps to, to figuring this out and 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 beginning to implement, um, you know, uh, picking up a copy of the the four chair discipling book or our our our, our training material on that and jumping into a cohort with with uh, one of our, our team members who then can not only provide some training with that, but also some coaching in terms of how do you actually mm. implement that? What does this look like in your ministry? Because, um, you know, there's there's obviously great resources that you can pick up and read, but actually to be able to have a conversation with a person and explain mm. your specific scenario and to have them help you diagnose what's going on and what those what those next steps are is is so valuable um so i mean we've got uh you know in regards to four chair discipling we've got a a four chair inventory you know a simple tool to be able to um share with your your your, your ministry your your volunteers your your mm-hmm. students to help them identify um, exactly where they're at in that discipling process. We've got, we've got our, our 40 days of disciple making journal, which ties all of those things together kind of in a, uh, a format for students to engage maybe in a small group context with, with Jesus, with his life, with his ministry in that process of moving toward being a disciple who makes disciples and built right into those 40 days, every day, there's a discipling challenge for that student. Here's how, here's something to do today to put this into practice. Um, and having two other friends who are going to be going through that with you and you you each sharing, um, you know, the spiritually lost friends who you're going to be praying for in that process and getting together with, with the three of you and holding each other accountable to, to those, those relationships with spiritually lost friends and to those daily mm. discipling challenges. Um, so, uh, you know, some simple tools, but, uh, really, I think the coaching is where the greatest impact is going to be felt for a youth leader is actually having someone to talk to.
0: So Process. if they just go to sun, sunlife.com, they can get access to all of that. Is that right?
1: they can yeah and they can they can they can go on our, our team page there and find someone who might be near them although a lot of our, our cohorts are on zoom so location doesn't necessarily matter but if there is someone near you then having them be on location maybe maybe coming to your youth group one evening maybe bringing them in and and they teach but yeah. also um, they're able to, to see things and then meet with you and say, okay, so, so you did this and this and this, and let's talk about that. What, what are you looking to see happen? And just a fresh set of eyes. And so if there's someone yeah. who's, who's near you, you know that's helpful.
0: That's great. Well, I really encourage every youth leader listening, as soon as you're done with this podcast, go to sunlife.com. And go to that team page and get, you know, get order Sun, order for Chair Discipling, read it. It's kind of the primer on this, but lots of free resources on sunlife.com to help you with this process and coaching, consulting, which is what we need. So, so Doug, uh, um, we're not done, but I'm going to bring somebody into this conversation, an actual youth leader. Uh, One that we both know and love, Nathan Smith. Uh, Nathan, his history includes being a pastor's kid. I love that he puts that on his bio. A church planner, uh, a church planner's kid, a landscape designer, and a student pastor at First Baptist Church in Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, His passion is training leaders to reach people for Jesus as well as seeing students. Stick with their faith after high school, since moving to Roswell and implementing gospel-advancing values and the Sun Life Strategy. He's seen God grow the group from 15 to 80, with at least 10 students each year putting their faith in Christ. Nathan has served in two churches, creating gospel-advancing disciple-multiplying ministries uh, for the past 18 years, along with his amazing wife, Kendra, and their four kids. Welcome, Nathan
2: Smith. Thanks. you guys have no idea landscape
1: designer
2: yes sir that was that's where my degree is in that's where i started all this was this bivo guy or this volunteer guy actually in youth ministry going i so as a youth pastor i've done it from the volunteer side i've done it from the full-time side um it's a lot of work and i'm going to tell you guys i am so incredibly humbled to be on a podcast with two of my spiritual heroes like it's kind of ridiculous to think about this um as just to be a part of this. And I appreciate this opportunity, guys. I really, really do. Uh,
0: I, man, go we, ahead. we love you. We love you, Nathan. We love you. And uh, yeah. I just, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of comment or uh, ask the questions or things that kind of bubble to the top as I was interviewing Doug, uh, just to talk about uh, so that the youth leader listening or watching this can say, man, that, that's very helpful for me, or that's an insight I, I, uh, I needed right now. So any anything bubble to the top, as well, as Doug was talking.
2: The first thing I remembered was when I met both of you, like really got to know each other at a lead the cause event, the summer thing Dare to Share does, and Doug coming in with the Sun Life perspective. I was desperate, I needed help, and between the the Gospel Advancing Ministry training at Dare to Share and the four chair stuff with us with uh, Sun Life. My kids walked away from that. My students walked away going, okay, I now know what my next step is. I am chair two or I am chair three and I want to be chair four by next year. Um, They had no idea how much work that was going to take and none of them actually succeeded getting to chair four in nine months. But they understood and it put practical language on this whole idea of, I want to go from being a a baby believer to what it means to be a mature believer. And so I think that was the Mm. most inspiring part of that. And sitting in my office, uh, I can't count how many times with students and adults that I've been able to say, "Okay, let's identify where you're at and then let's identify the steps you need to take to get to where you want to go. And um, I mean, I know it's really easy for kids to burn out on evangelism because if they're In love with evangelism then it's not going to work but when they fall in love with jesus and see how that jesus discipled and modeled it for his students his youth group his disciples and then we get to see in the book of acts how they Hmm. took what they had been trained to do and they did it again um and how we can do the same thing it it just it's so exciting to me and so appreciate um being able to be able to put words on it and put like common language for us not superly scholarly people, to say the least. I I do think,
0: I I think the simplicity of four chairs is its brilliance. And you know, I don't know if you remember this, Nathan, and Doug, you may remember this. We had our own disciple multiplication strategy for several years called Deep and Wide, right? It helps teens go deep as you help them go wide. And we were excited about it and had a paper on it and curriculum around it and all this stuff. But when I went through four chair discipling, I'm like, this is better. Uh, I think it's clearer. I think it's easier to understand and apply. And around that same time, Andy Stanley came out with a book, Deep and Wide. We actually own the trademark on Deep and Wide, uh, so we were able to get them the let them use the trademark. And we just our default disciple multiplication strategy now is four chair. We just recommend. Youth leaders go to you know sunlife and figure it out because that's what you guys do and you do you do it so well. So well, and
2: and, Gre- and Doug, I, I noticed this this time maybe more than I have, and I've been kind of struggling with this. But would you say, based on kind of what you said, that curriculum's great, but you would much prefer people to be a part of one on one with somebody else? Because I know you guys. You pushed on this podcast a whole lot more of getting involved in one of the cohorts than, say, reading a book. Is that is that super important? Do you, is that is that what I did? I hear that correctly.
1: I think that's where that's where the transformation really comes for for most leaders. You know, some people are, you know, they're able to they're able to figure things out on their own. Pick up a book, read it, take it, implement it, um, and that's that's great. Um, but for most of us having a sounding board, someone to, to share thoughts or something that we're, we're wrestling through, or I'm not, I'm not really able to figure this out and have, have another perspective and someone on the outside. And then particularly, uh, from our Sun Life training standpoint, someone who has implemented it in a, in a youth ministry context, every, every, every person on our team, Has done that they've they've cut their teeth on this just like like me all those years ago as a young youth pastor going through Sun Life training and 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 finding the tracks to run on and then beginning to run on those tracks and implement it and and see see fruit as a result Um, and so you know these youth ministry coaches have implemented. They've they've hit the bumps in the road. The, they they've come to the roadblocks. They 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 faced the different challenges. Um, maybe being in a scenario where you you you're, you're trying to do this and you've got um, you've got leadership in your church who is putting up roadblocks in front of you because that's not the way we want things done, or we've never done it that way before, or whatever the roadblock mo- yeah. might be. And how do you how do you navigate through those challenges? So I think, you know, the the coach is critical uh, for for Mm. most of us in terms of taking those next steps. Um, You know,
0: just to jump in, Doug, I think, as I as I think about Nathan, your question and Doug, your answer, I think the gravitational pull of just going back to our default mode of traditional youth ministry is so strong. That if we don't have personal accountability and encouragement, we just go back to default, which is traditional Western meeting-driven youth ministry. It's not disciple multiplication; it's more meetings. So I do yeah. think that is a very, very good insight, Doug, about the need for coaching and consulting and accountability. Well, and I got to yeah, do and one I of think those cohorts. even
1: even being in a cohort where you've got some other other youth pastors who are trying to implement and wrestling through this and you're hearing some of the things they're dealing with and there's just that that peer learning that that goes on but you know to your point Greg, i think that that there is a a reality that if we've only seen it done one way it's hard Hmm. for us to envision how it could look different um, and how it could how it could be successful or impactful. And so I think having a coach helps helps to lift us above to be able to see beyond what's right in front of us to to see what it can be.
2: Well, and it's cool because as somebody who's been coached by both Sun Life and Dare to Share, I've been a part of one of those cohorts and now out coaching others. Um, it's fun to see the empowerment and the discipleship passion and the multiplication as as being able to reach people in other areas of the country that there's not a lot of there to share our sunlight influence and to be able to encourage others to me it's fun to be a part of that and it's fun to be able to see god at work and just this landscaper who gets to do youth ministry now having the opportunity to be able to to influence and encourage others for the gospel and to become gospel advancing with a heavy dose of discipleship which I, can't, I was one of those guys who came in going, I don't see how discipleship and evangelism are the this, this same. Mm. And, and that quote of yours, I quote it all the time, discipleship begins and ends with evangelism. Like I use that all the time because if we're just educating Christians, we're not truly discipling because that means we're not reproducing ourselves. And so I, I, I love mm. that and I appreciate that. And I um, appreciate what Sun Life does for my ministry and for what what's even happening here, as a guy who's been doing this yep. for a while now.
0: And it encouraged It's encouraging. I can speak for Doug. I know um, that you're kind of the result of two ministries working together. And this is this is why I love the partnership with Sun Life. And this is why I'm so excited they got back into youth ministry, because as their primary focus, because. You're a lit walking, talking, living, breathing example in your youth group of the impact of you know evangelism and discipleship synergizing to make and multiply disciples. So you say, "Hey, we're, you know, I'm honored to be with you guys. We're honored to be with you, Nathan, because you're actually Absolutely. living it out. You're grinding it out in in real life, and so we're very, very grateful for you and your ministry."
2: Well, it gets you know, messy.
0: You're one, of,
1: you're one. You're one of those guys who's taken. Taken the training, taking the equipping and actually you're doing it and yes, it's messy, but you're seeing, you're seeing fruit. And, um, that is, that is so exciting.
2: Well, it's fun when so. 50% of your students that are being discipled are being discipled by other students. Um, it freaks out church mm-hmm. leadership, but it's exciting to see how that that can happen. And it's exciting to see how that these kids own it at such a different level when they realize other students are counting on them to teach them what they've been taught. And so that to me is such a big deal and so important that we continue to do that because that's where that chair three and those chair four believers, one have somewhere that they're looking to achieve to get to. And it becomes, you know, a permanent life change as you hear from kids in college. And, and we've got kids all over the world who've walked through this Mm -hmm. strategy, uh, from Chad Africa to, 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 Fort Collins, Colorado. I mean, it's like all over the place where there's just all these kids who, who say, "Oh, I get to own this and I get to do this, and I'm doing this because I've fallen in love with Jesus and He's amazing."
0: Well, and everybody's talking about you know taking care of yourself and make sure you know you you don't burn out. I think one of the reasons youth leaders are burning out is they're trying to do all the discipleship themselves. And when you raise up disciple makers, actually, it gives you margin. Uh, to be able to, you know, get away and rest and pray and, you know, entrust the work of the ministry to disciple makers, whether they're students or or adults. Hey, we're wrapping up here. So I just want to finish with this. I want to give you uh, and Doug uh, an opportunity. If there's a youth leader that's listening to this and maybe they want to connect with you through social media or email, whatever your preferred Uh, method is of communication. Uh, How would youth theaters communicate with you guys?
1: Nathan, how would they find you?
2: How would they find me? Uh, At Pastor Nathan S is uh, my Instagram. And uh, I believe I'm looking it up. I don't even know what my Facebook one is. Or if they'd like to email me directly, they could email me at nsmith at fbcroswell.org. But yeah. Look up First Baptist Church Roswell and not Georgia, but New Mexico, and you should be able to find me there. And I, I love being able to care about kids. I love being able to care about youth pastors. It's something that's a big deal to me. So
0: Instagram is at Pastor Nathan S. Yes, sir. Oh, got it. Cool, cool. Doug. Yeah, for
1: for me, uh, actually, just my name, Doug Holiday you'll you'll find that at uh at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um so I got on all of those early enough that I actually own my, my own name. So <laughs> There you go. Know. So I can I know. can be found there. Sun Life can be found as well um on on those various platforms. So
0: Right. I really encourage you guys get to know Nathan, get to know Doug, get to know Sun Life. Uh, It is a deep, deep honor. Um, These are two really good friends. And I am so grateful for you, Doug, and you, Nathan, for all you do for the kingdom. And uh, as we wrap up here, I just want to remind youth leaders, spread the word about this. And remember that a thriving youth ministry is a gospel advancing, disciple multiplying youth ministry.